0: Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.teawajanae.com and join today.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Hi everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited for today's brand new episode because I'm chatting with James and Otto from James and Schulze about the different sales psychology when moving into the luxury space. James and Otto educate us on why selling and sales in the luxury space is much different from the middle market. We chat about how to interact, how to think, and most importantly, how to sell yourself inside the luxury wedding market. A little bit about James and Otto is that they combine their unique talents as wedding photographers to create a thriving business together. Combining editorial, documentary, and fine art styles, James and Schulze has become a world-renowned photography brand their experience and knowledge combined to make a significant impact on photographers who want to take their business to the next level. The methods they're sharing have turned their photography business into a million dollar business annually, and I'm so excited that they're here. It's a wonderful episode, and I hope you guys get excited. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi buddy. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have two guests on the line today. We haven't done this in a while. James and Otto, can you say hi to everyone?
2: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank thank you so much for coming on. How are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, doing good. Doing good. We just had our first beginning of the rainy season here in, in Mexico, like literally the first rains yesterday. So the heat is about to descend. In all its power, <laughs> but good. Doing good.
0: Oh, that's yeah. good. James, where are you located?
2: I live in Court Lane, Idaho. So we're just coming out of our cold and getting
1: ready for the lake. So fantastic. Oh,
0: amazing. Amazing. And where in Mexico are you, Otto?
1: I'm about an hour outside Puerto Vallarta. So the Nayarit coast, little, little town, very small town called San Pancho.
0: Oh, yeah. I love Mexico. I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> I yeah. have to get back down there.
1: Um, Just not now, wait until October, (laughs) stay away now, (laughs) don't come, don't come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, we'll do, we'll do. Well, I'm so excited to have you guys on the show today. Today, we're going to be talking about a really interesting topic and I'm I'm really excited to pick your brains about it. We're going to be talking about a different sales psychology when moving into the luxury space and can't wait to sort of find out more about your perspective and what you guys think. But before we get started, let's introduce you to everybody who is listening. Can you tell us a little bit about you, your company, um, how you guys started working together, and a little bit about your business?
2: Yeah, um, we are James and Schulte. Um, We joined forces about seven or eight years ago now to really go after and serve uh, the luxury market. Prior to that, we were... Uh, competitors in in colorado and obviously we don't live in colorado anymore but that's kind of where this friendship started and um yeah we, we used to help each other a bit and Otto, you can tell part of that story if
1: you like yeah yeah no so i mean like you said we were main competitors for one another especially in aspen and uh colorado all over colorado And what we would do is like once or twice a year, excuse me, for my big events or his big events, we would have one another out. And when we did that, the experience, the collaboration you know, for us, for the clients, the quality of work was just elevated. And so we kind of like choked over the years, maybe we should join up, but, you know, weren't really compelled to. And then about seven years ago, we said, look, I think we just did it one too many times together to where doing it alone became undoable. And she said, okay, why why don't we just do this? Why don't we just go after these exceptional events? Instead of doing them two or three times a year, let's just let's make that the pursuit, join forces. And yeah, it's been marvelous. It's been a really marvelous ride.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And how did you guys get started in photography?
1: I was a photojournalist. I, I spent a few years traveling through Asia and like documentary photography is my roots. Um, so honestly, when I started out, being a wedding photographer was probably the last thing (laughs) i would have thought i'd become um but there's yeah that's that's kind of been the journey for me long story short
0: i love
2: that yeah mine's more of a traditional route where i was going to do med school and ended up being a teacher and uh, during the summers helped a a wedding photographer and (laughs) uh, ended up becoming full-time wedding photographer over the years so kind of fell into it yeah Um, so not traditional at all i guess
1: yeah. You yeah, started saying that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> telling a different story today. <laughs> like, it's a joke, Otto. It's a joke. You're supposed know, to laugh. It's, a dad, it's for- a dad joke, man. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. So, seven years you guys have been together. And then, how was that sort of melding of the two companies? Did you just say goodbye to your solo careers and then decide to just be together from now on? Like, how did that happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it was a leap, right? Because we had two businesses. That we're doing well. We both have big families. So not something we did lightly, but we just, we just saw the potential for something greater, right? It was like so clear. We're better together, you know, across the board, not just the photography, but as business owners, as entrepreneurs, you know? And so there was definitely a leap involved in that um, and some risk. But yeah, I mean, One worth taking, we felt at least, right, James?
2: Well, And and we're pretty good at taking leaps. I mean, we're we're two boys that grew up in the bush and grew up in the woods. And I guess we're used to jumping off things. And (laughs) (laughs) I think in our own individual careers, we had always been pretty good at taking risk that way. And so, yeah, like he's he's saying, it wasn't without risk, but we just like, let's do this. And we were just full on in it.
0: I love that. That's awesome. That's so good.
2: And it's worked. Yeah, <laughs> so seven
0: years, you've made yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get started. Let's jump right in. So let's talk about the luxury wedding space. I feel like this is maybe like a, a hot button topic, you know, mm. like what is a luxury wedding? And I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, how would you define a luxury wedding? You know, how do you know that you've entered this new tier of luxury weddings that you, that you've been aiming for or hopefully aiming for?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of look at at this as in weddings and wedding photography specifically, but weddings in general, I think regardless of what um, what type of vendor you are, we kind of look at it as entry, like you're just getting started, the, the middle market, which serves the masses, more premium market, which, you know, is, is going to be more professionals, your lawyers, doctors, um, architects, et cetera. Yeah. And then the luxury market. Um, you know, and for us in in the photography space, we're kind of looking at that entry point being, you know, maybe you're charging a thousand. Uh the, the middle market, you're charging somewhere in that three to six thousand, eight thousand yeah. premium being eight to uh, what, twenty thousand. Yeah. Um, and then in the luxury, you know, most photographers in the luxury space are charging twenty five thirty. And up, up to you know, fifty, sixty, a hundred, depending on the weekend. Yeah. Um, But but from a,
1: go ahead, Otto. No, and the reason we, and again, this is not like some sort of truth or or rule. Like this is made up by us, these categories, you know, from twenty years in the industry, kind of looking at it. And like the reason it's important to break it out like this is to understand that that tier one client, the entry level client, that's spending maybe a thousand dollars on photography and the client that's having a $5 million wedding, right, and has no limit, uh, their buying psychology is vastly different, right? The value proposition to the person in the middle market is completely different than it is for the luxury buyer, right, with the luxury buyer, it's just, do they want it? Because means is no issue for them, you know? Mm -hmm. With the middle market, this is all of us regular folks, right? When you want to buy something, the first question is, how much? <laughs> how much is it? And how much do I have? Right. You have to cross that hurdle to get to starting point one of buying the thing. Um and so the value proposition, the pitch is different. But with that luxury client, um, all of that that goes away. And so want really becomes the game for them, you know, and us creating that want. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, the yeah. want is different. <laughs> yeah the yeah. want is different so let's talk about the want let's talk about the sales you know how basically is selling yourself and your services you know as you move into this new space like what is this new sales psychology
1: yeah I mean it was a it was a big moment for us right because like James said this happened for us a few years ago I grew up in the bush in Africa very much ordinary middle class boy so did James in the woods and you know so we realized a few years ago we were taking our own middle class buying psychology and applying it to a luxury buyer, right? So in our sales process, we would almost always, always start with like budget, you know, how, how much we are, you know, like are they willing to pay this? It's almost like nervousness around it because we're middle class, so means is an issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had this moment we realized, oh wait a minute, the the buying psychology is so different, so we need to switch our approach entirely. And when we did we saw huge growth and continue to see growth from that, right? Because instead of not going at the luxury client and saying, we'll solve this money problem for you, buy one, get one free, we'll add add more things in for you, which actually in their eyes devalues the, the proposition, right? Instead of doing that, we're saying, oh, wait a minute, it's just want with you. So let's not talk about numbers at all. Let's talk about you. Let's understand what it is that you want and how to, essentially tell that story back to you, right? And if you do that effectively, then name your number, right? Because for this level client, again, means is no issue whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was literally like we were, like like most good sales processes, you know, you, you start with the objections and you try to understand mm-hmm. the objections ahead of time so that you can take care of those. But what we were doing is, <laughs> it's not that the luxury client doesn't have objections, they do, they're just very different. So yeah. we were coming like auto saying coming with the expected objections of of the middle market and applying that to the, to the luxury and, and actually creating problems that weren't even there yeah trying to solve problems that weren't there yeah um, and i'd say that was yeah like he's saying that that was the biggest shift for us
1: yeah because james like before we came into luxury we were serving our own businesses was kind of like premium and into luxury right and so With that level client, your lawyers, your doctors, right? They're having a beautiful wedding. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on it, right? So they have a bigger budget, but they still have a budget. There is, you you do find that ceiling. And so why they're going to spend a lot more than the middle market, you still have to like provide them value in that way, right? Mm -hmm. But once you get to that luxury category, you know, the client you're pitching that you're talking to on the call, They don't even know what they're paying often because a planner, a lawyer, an accountant, everybody else is handling this. They're just sitting there going, do I like this? Is this what I want? Right? And knowing that now, the way you present and pitch, if you will, is is vastly different.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you were almost creating your own roadblocks to get into this market until you realized that... Like not to quote Taylor Swift, but you know, hi, it's me, I'm the problem. Like until you (laughs) change everything, and you were talking more their language, right? Like vibing off of them and what they what they really wanted. Versus,
2: Hmm. I feel
0: like sometimes with the middle market, you're always ready for the you're you're too expensive, you know, like it's too much. But I like what you said, Otto. Like they don't even know what they're paying. Like they don't, they just want to want you. They just want you there.
1: Yeah. And as you know, like we talk about this in our community a lot, like the difference between like, say the Macy's model and the product as product store, if you go to those two stores, Macy's serves that middle market, right? But budgets are concerned. So they address that immediately buy one, get one free buy the credit card, get more free or more of a discount, right? That's the value proposition. But if you go to a product store, (laughs) there's no sales signs. There's no, li- they're not solving that problem. But the product store is layered in story, want, allure, right? That's the goal there. Make them want it because the kind of client that syrup shops here, again, you know, if they want it, they can have it. And so you're right. We were creating our own obstacles. We were solving problems and then creating them mm-hmm. that weren't there. <laughs> then they were there, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so how did you guys figure out your new sales strategy? Like, wow. How did you understand? How did you change everything? What, what was your, I guess a good question is when you changed it, like, did you book that client? Like, was it an immediate? Yes. You,
2: you know, I think it's it, like anything like learning in general, it's a, it's a process, right? It's, it's a lot of, um, uh, trial and error and making mistakes and and losing. And, you know, at, for, at one point, you know, we did this, we were for what, 12, 15 years alone, we were very successful on our own. And then we jumped into this. So we're just going after luxury. And, you know, at, at one point we were, uh, I, I was plow, plow, plowing snow, snow to pay the bills. Um, Otto was working at UPS to pay the bills because we had to figure this out. We were like, okay, we wanted to do this we knew we were capable of capable of it but we were figuring it out so it was this yeah. tr- trial and error lots of reading lots of tweaking uh, you know our 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 philosophy here is fail as many times as you can as quickly as you can and learn from those things
1: yeah
2: and keep learning and keep growing and, and it, you know that that growth happens fast when you when you look at it that way
1: yeah yeah I think a, a good example for, for your question was like, we had an inquiry around this time for Aspen, big waiting. And I remember the client came to us and she, they said, the planner said they have a budget of about $20,000. And so me and James together were starting at well be like $35,000 back then. And so the client was saying, they came back to us and said, okay, I'm going to spend 20. Can we divide the two of you up? So just take one of you in a second at 20, Right. And so we still had some of that middle market thinking. So we were willing to make that exception, right, on the back end. And then at one point, me and James just said, we responded to the client. We said to her, "Um, we can do that. But if you want the very best, that's the two of us together. That's where we are at our best. And just like that, she doubled her budget. (laughs) Because to this client, it was such a powerful example. We were like, whoa. And, and they ended up spending almost $60,000 on the photography in the end with albums and stuff, right? And so that's when our eyes opened up. We're like, wait a minute. We just went from a 20K budget to almost tripled it, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just because we said to her, you want the best, right? And she has that option available to her. She does want the best and she can have it. And that was one of those watershed moments where we're like, whoa. Um, and the game changed. It really did.
0: That's amazing. I love that. So, how can we use this like new sales psychology in our own sale processes? I I always like to, you know, give tangible or actionable things for people listening. Like, I'd love to hear like, is there a way that we can start to infuse this into our own process? If this is Mm. our goal, like, if you're listening and they're like, we we want to be in luxury, you know how how can I start?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I believe that this this change has to begin with your own mindset
1: yeah
2: you have to start there you have to go into a space where uh from a mindset standpoint you're a willing to to try something new but also willing to fail because because like you know when you start riding a bike it's not like you just get on the bike for the first time and you're immediately in the tour de france right (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you start with training wheels and then you take the training wheels off and you, you fall over a couple times and then you know, you have a parent there pushing and and holding you up, uh, so th- that's kind of the mindset. But we talk a lot about belief, um, in in pricing. So if you're going to double your prices, maybe let's let's take that as an example. Like, what the first day, you know, on Monday your your prices are five thousand, and on Tuesday they're ten thousand dollars. What what has changed? Nothing has changed except the numbers. And so in your mind you're like well i'm not sure the value is there um, and so it takes some time to sit with that to tell other people to tell your spouse to, to sit with your friends to sit with another planner or other colleagues and go look I- i'm ten thousand dollars and say it enough times that you believe it because i'm a firm believer like if, if you don't believe it you can't sell
1: it mm-hmm. yeah and that's, so that, that's number one yeah, and that'll that'll take time. It took us years to kind of grow into that, for sure. I, I'd say the next thing that's really important is to make that distinction between you and your client. Like we are, we say this a lot. We are not our clients. Mm-hmm. And we have to remind ourselves when we go into these client meetings, right? Like mm-hmm. we said earlier, with the Macy's, the product store, we're not pitching ourselves. So. With that said, what's become so important is we don't have a sales pitch anymore. The, the, the goal for us is just to listen to the client, right? Because on this call with them, what we want is we want to hear and understand what their vision is, what their want is. Because on that call, we're going to start presenting that back to them, right? Like James said earlier, find the problem, um, provide the solution. That's that's the deal, right? But we're looking here for their wants. How do they feel about this? Are they really excited about so it's really just that skill of listening really intently as opposed to going into a call with a pre-pitch you know what i mean like here's my little song and dance right uh, because we know if we can get that information out of them of what they want and we can effectively present that back to them that's the connection that'll be the sale for us so i'd say that's important as well mm.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's just the art of listening is so underrated.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, and the, honestly, I
2: was going to say that the, the third thing is is start to study the luxury market because again, we, we do a lot of listening to understand the wants and needs, but we also have, you know, a handful of companies that have spent millions and millions of dollars on market research to, to understand, like, how do we reach this client? Right? You talk about Hermes. You talk about your Prada, your Gucci's. Right? Their marketing, their advertising, their branding, you know, is is already targeted at this audience. So, what can you learn from those companies? Right? Spend time studying. What what are the, what are the words that they use, and how can you and maybe not? copy those, but how can you adopt some of those philosophies and some of that thinking for your own brand? Yeah.
0: yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, speaking of um, looking at their marketing and branding, I I went to school for graphic design. I have a degree, a BFA in graphic design. Mm. And I feel like your brand is also part of this psychology. Like, mm. at, did you do anything different with your own branding once you realized this epiphany of, oh, we have to talk different? In the sales call, but what about your brand itself?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. We yeah, everything changed, right? I'll say what happened immediately is your brand got a lot more clear. Like we started cutting a lot of stuff away, you know. Like if you look at our website or Instagram, like we don't say say a lot. We don't share a lot of information. The goal with neither one is to provide information. It's really just like patterns to a hook. It's a lure, right? To the point of creating want. we're starting that process with, you know, with the website and with Instagram. And so one of the first big changes for us, we took a lot of stuff off the site, you know, a lot less images. So images that just speak to our target demographic. Cause James just said that we started studying them and the more we started understanding how they buy and why they buy, we're like, well, look, we're only going to show them exactly what they want to see. Right. Um, and I think photographers mostly were guilty of, we show so much too, too much and it starts diluting the brand message. Right. right. Um, I'd say that was one of the first big changes, like a, a good old call and, and curation and edit down of everything, you know, um, but, because then we started coming up with this brand message of our brand, which is beauty, style, and legacy. And so, this started informing how we shoot, what we look for, how we act, you know, wh- what images we share, what what content we're communicating with, that's, you know, brand association or property or location, you know, all of this became kind of the filter, that brand filter through which everything had to pass. Yeah,
0: I think... um I hear this a lot, you know, and truly believe that what you show is what you attract. So, you know, removing things that don't make sense to you anymore, or you no longer want to be a part of, or no longer want to work at and removing them from your social presence and your online presence is really, is really important because you are, I like to call it pruning. I feel like I'm always pruning my site and pruning Instagram and, and pruning my, who I'm attracting because over time, you get, or at least for me, I get more and more focus as to who my client is and who I want to work with and where mm-hmm. I want to be. So it feels like you you are doing that as well.
1: Yeah. 100%. Always. Yeah. And I, I think one of the big shifts, like James said, that is like we shifted from ourselves, the artist, as the source to answer those questions, to having our audience answer it. You know what I mean? We really d- did the market research and said, look... Um this, this is who we're going after this client here's where here's their buying behavior here's where they shop, here's how they here's their buying psychology right and so let's design this product which is James and Schulzer this brand for them you know what I mean let's speak that language and so a great image which I as a photographer love, right all the photographers are like, oh look at the layers or whatever now now we'll go to the cutting floor because, that's not what the bride wanted to see, right? So it just became much more sharp and precise to where now, if you look at our website and our Instagram, like I said, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's intentional because we would rather get on a call with them and connect than give them information on the front end.
2: And I I just, I think it's important to kind of talk uh, through this idea too, because we get some pushback on this idea of, well, I don't want to not be true to who I am. Yeah. Right. So we, we talk a lot about like, we are not the brand, right? We, we put on the brand. Like I, I you know, I wear t-shirts and, and jeans well, or, or board shorts now that it's summer coming up <laughs> M- most days. Right. But I, that's not how I'm going to ever show up at a wedding. Right. But we put, we put on the brand we are who we are We're, we, you know, but we, we might talk slightly different. We may use not use words that we would use in everyday life. Me certainly at the wedding (laughs) with the client, you know, we put that brand on, and I think that's a really important distinction. And have we had to ever compromise our values and our standards? No, not 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 at all. That's not what I'm saying here. But there is uh, a part of putting that brand on for the client, and you know, to be able to execute the whole story that that is part of the brand. Yeah, story.
0: Yeah, I I have a another thought, another question. So once you decided to be to to join forces and be in this luxury space, and you changed your sales psychology and your website, like, are you getting these weddings on your own, or are you working with planners? Like, how are your clients finding you? Because yeah, I think yeah, how are your clients finding you?
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the the traditional way right especially the middle market maybe even the premium market some is you know use facebook ads use instagram use seo people will google search and find you and and our experience in the luxury market they're never going to find you that way um so our our whole approach is uh based on collaboration and building relationships um with designers with what planners with properties um you know, people in the space that are the, the gatekeepers of these weddings. Those yeah. are the, pe- the people that you have to access and and build authentic relationships with and
1: collaborate with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got to be in the room.
1: You have to be in the room. <laughs> no, in the room. That's exactly. You right. have to change the source, right? Like I'm from Africa originally, so I always think of this like a watering hole. Like the luxury buyer is simply not at the watering hole of SEO. They're not Googling, like James said. They're asking, you know, friends, the planner, and so you need to change the source of your inquiries, right? And so Mm. as the the biggest job we do do is outreach, um, direct outreach to planners, to creative partners. That's our the lifeline of the business. Um, It's essential in this space.
0: Yeah, always sort of being top of mind, checking yeah. in, saying in hello.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Going, that's going
0: it. to conference. Do you guys, do, have you ever been to Engage? Have you guys done stuff like that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we try to get there once a year. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I guess, you know, I know you guys have sort of a community that you sort of teach this stuff to. Maybe we can just talk a little bit about that because I don't know. any, I think it's called Sage, right? Like, Why don't you yeah. tell me a little bit or us a little bit about what that is?
2: Yeah, so our uh, the brand we kind of wanted to separate the brand, uh, the education brand from the photography brand. So our photography brand is James and Schultz. The education brand is Sage. Um and we have a free Facebook group uh, called the the business of luxury weddings, um, where where we just you know talk about watering holes. This is you know people that are interested in uh, learning more about the luxury wedding uh, space. That's kind of the space where we're discussing. A lot of things we, we know with that, we, we also have a uh, online education course called the business of Wedding, luxury weddings, um, that people could buy that course and really dig in deep with us, um, on really learning and, and kind of learning from all of our mistakes that we've made. Um, yeah. but you know, to try, to try to, you know, it's always going to be work, but if you can have a good guide somebody who can has been there before, that path takes a lot less time right. um, to get there. So that's kind of our thinking and offering the Business of Luxury Weddings um,
1: course. Yeah, it's, it's literally just our system's top to bottom. Everything we did, no photography, just business. Mm-hmm. Everything we did, did to get here, you know, and stay here and grow beyond here. It's, it's our, our entire system, top to bottom.
0: I love that. And is your sales psychology in there? Like your whole process? You teach people? It how is.
1: To- yeah. Oh, good. Literally ev- everything we do is in there. <laughs>
2: everything we do, the whole thing. Yeah. The way we develop the course is to, yeah. is to go really chronologically from how do we get a client? How do we bring them in the doors? How do we run our business? How do we execute a wedding? Right. Like yeah. that, that cycle. So it really, it, it's branding, it's marketing, it's sales. Yeah. Um, It's client experience, it's systems, all the systems that we use um, and have built over
1: time and execute on these. It's become, it's a wonderful community, the Facebook group as well, like um, photographers, videographers, planners, designers, musicians, like a whole eclectic mix and just a great space to learn together. You know what I mean? Even for us, as we share a lot of these things. We're changing things, like you said, pruning. Like we were on a call, a consulting call with another photographer yesterday, like giving them advice. And as we were, as James was talking, I was like over on our website going, okay, that's got to go. <laughs> Delete that thing. And so you're right, it's constant, you know, but it's been wonderful to come into community. You know, so much competence in community, I think. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah, I feel like after some podcasts, I'm like, okay, I'm updating my site right now.
1: <laughs>
0: I feel like I get the inside scoop a little bit first. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's gonna do that. And then get we get to bring it to our listeners. So it's very, it's very <laughs> exciting. So before we wrap up each show, I like to leave everybody with some tangible tips that they can immediately do mm. moving after they're done. Like, I like, I want them to do stuff to move their business <laughs> forward. So for people who are listening and maybe they were editing and not really paying attention, but now now we've caught their attention. Mm. What would be like the top three things that they could do after this podcast to sort of infuse these new sales techniques into their next inquiry?
1: Mm. I would, for me, the very first thing that you need to do is sit down and ask yourself this question, like who is your target audience? Who is your client? Now, I'm not saying come up with your ideal client, but currently, as you're sitting there as a business, who who are you pitching, or who do you want to pitch? You know, what I mean, either or, both questions really, because you have to start. You can't. Uh, you have to start by answering that question because everything flows from there, right? So I, mm. I think that's number one because then yeah, you go from there.
2: Yeah, I mean, something that I think we could put into action immediately, and again, this is speaking to the luxury audience specifically, but I think it, it can work across the board is to create scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the easy ways to do that, if you're looking for just like just these actionable things, something simple as how you respond to your emails when somebody wants to get on a call, let's say with a client, you're trying to get on a call. Most photographers you go, Hey, I have, um, tell me what, when, when you can be available and I'll make it work. Right, they they're they're wanting to serve the client, so they're gonna they're gonna clear their whole schedule, in order to be available. And we take the exact opposite approach. If it's a Monday and someone's writing us, we're looking at our calendar. We go, hey, I can meet on Wednesday at eleven a.m. from eleven to to one, giving them a really specific time because we're busy, right? Um, so even if it's a day that I'm not really super busy, I'm still gonna do that I mean we are pretty busy but I'm still going to pick that time because it 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 creates scarcity and that's a small way of creating ca- scarcity but if you find a, a bunch of different ways to create that scarcity yeah. we take a, a limited number of weddings uh, of events each year right yeah. whether you say what number that is or not that creates scarcity and all these little ideas and little ways of creating scarcity stack up over time yeah yeah so yeah, create scarcity because that,
1: that creates want. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the next two, I would say like, um, <clears throat> mindset again, this idea that you can't do this, like you have to let this go. You, you can go after this luxury space, right? You really can. Two ordinary guys like us did it. Um, and the third, the next thing that I think would change is you have to get over this idea that you, you can't reach out and connect with people. Like, you, know, you know, you're not good at sales. This is the route. If you want to go after the luxury client, most of your work is in connecting with people. And it's much easier than you realized. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah I cool. mean, I like to say, called build relationships, right? That, Otto is saying outreach, but really all we're doing is contacting people in order to build true connect. and authentic relationships. Yeah, yeah. In my experience in business, what regardless of the market I was in, building relationships was always effective, whether I was entry, middle market, premium, or luxury, building those connections and having a network of real relationships always led to growth and it always supported my business. So yeah, we would start, if you haven't done that yet,
1: like start that now. I I was thinking that this morning on my run, like that exact same thing. Other people is always the biggest ROI for a business. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're selling spark plugs or you're a mechanic or you're a doctor or you're a wedding photographer. If you can c- connect with the right people, that is the biggest ROI always. I, I, I can't think of one space where that's not true. Yeah. It's, it's about who you know.
0: The, yeah. It's who you know and who you are and if yeah. they like you and if you have like a real connection. And I feel like that. I don't know. um, Learning that is so important. I mean, I recently, not recently, but a few years ago, figured that out finally. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is how this happens. Like getting into this space is, is really about connections and networking and, and being authentic Mm -hmm. and doing it for the right reasons. And then things just happen from there. So, yeah, I, Everything you've said is just hit home and it's really, really great to hear. And I'm so happy that you guys are on the show. This is so wonderful.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I think I, everyone's going to love
0: I, it. <laughs> thank
2: you. I, Janae, I just wanted to add really quick. You auto mentioned the mindset, right? Yep. And you're talking more about networks and connections and well, I'm saying build relationships. And the big pushback we get about this is uh, people are busy. I don't want to bother them. Uh But the mindset of, hey, I'm here to help you in this relationship, that's the mindset you have to take when making connections, when you're networking, when you're building these relationships. What value can I bring you? Not going to people with your hand out saying, what do you have for me? Because Um, A, that will never work. And B, that's why having that mindset is why you push back on reaching out. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel good to go ask for a donation. Right. And that's what you're doing is asking for a notion that you're there with your hand out. We want to go there with our pockets full and say, look, well, look, here's what we have. It's like the guy, you know, on the street in New York with a raincoat has watches all. And that, that's, that's us. Like, what, what do you need? we've got it for you. Story. But you
0: have your clothes on.
1: Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, I was just in New York. Don't, don't go to that guy. Just see, see a guy in New York with a big coat. Just, you know. Yeah, walk away. Cross, cross yeah. Other side of the street. It's probably James, apparently. <laughs> Either way, not a good sign. Yeah,
0: no, I think, yeah, mindset, we have, we've talked about this a bunch on the show. I think mindset is so powerful because you control your destiny. Like, you are mm. the power of your whole life and, if you believe in the universe or not, like your mindset can open up your whole being and open up all these opportunities to you if you just start believing in yourself. Mm. If you just start telling yourself positive things every day, you start to believe them. And it's so incredible how, I don't know, if you think about it, like how mean we are to ourselves, like you would never say that stuff to your friend. You would never say that to anyone, but we say it to ourselves all the time. And then once you start changing that narrative, and it takes work and it takes time, but sooner or later you start to be like, well, I am worth ten thousand yeah. dollars. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm a twenty thousand dollar. I am good at this, and everything just starts happening. So yeah, mindset is key here. I mean, oh, we could, you guys could come back and we could just talk about mindset because oh, that's one that. of my favorite topics.
2: <laughs> no, Let's just, do it.
0: Yeah, put it on idea. the
2: calendar. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I let you go, let's tell everybody how they can uh, find out more about you, uh, your services, Sage, um, and say hello online.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first place for that free um, community is the Business of Luxury Weddings on Facebook. So if you just type in in, in the search, the Business of Luxury Weddings, we also have a an exclusive uh, group for course members. So if you find that one. Um, you have to actually be a to, to purchase the course but you can find the course at www.sagejourney.co um,
1: otto what did I miss uh, yeah I mean no, no, that's it really I mean James and Schul is our photography website and find us on instagram as well James and Schultz but that that's that's it right
0: I love that's, it yeah that's everything so- we do you guys have a lot going on well all this information will be in the show notes you guys can swipe on up right now click on the links and let them know you listened to today's episode thank you guys so much for taking Uh, time to be here today it was such a joy to talk to you and I really hope you come back soon
1: we'd love that, thank you for having us really, we appreciate it thank you so much, appreciate it
0: Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to James and Otto for being here today and taking a few minutes out of your day to spend with us and help educate our audience. If you guys are interested in finding more about them and their business of luxury weddings and their course and their Facebook group, you guys can swipe on up right now. Click on the links and let them know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys. I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.